Welcome back to The Human Exception. This week, we have a very special guest, Icarus, the webmaster from demon-sushi.com. If you don't remember, a couple episodes ago, we did the topic of the Final Fantasy VII house, an internet legend which is a precautionary tale about meeting people online and just how bad a roommate situation can get. Well, we've found Zach, or as Icarus is we're going to be calling him in this interview, and he was kind enough to offer to come on the show. We had a blast recording this interview and getting to know Icarus, and he was able to share some unique insight into the internet boogeyman that is known as Jennifer Cornett. Um, content warning, as always, foul language, amok, but uh, we'll also be discussing topics around emotional, mental, physical, sexual abuse, along with discussions about cancer, treatment, as well as gender dysphoria, transitioning, and unfortunately, transphobia. With that in mind, I hope you enjoy the episode. Um, I'm Kayla. Nathan's the dude, and Allie's eggs. <laughs> I am eggs. Eggs is me. What can I say? It's uh, her Dungeons and Dragons character from one of our podcasts. <laughs> be thankful I don't have to do that voice tonight. I would, would not be good. It's a great voice. It's great. Horrible. <laughs> um, question for the sake of this: Should like, what would you prefer to call me? What just do you like, bust? prefer to call you <laughs> don't care <laughs> well we just called you icarus in the article um we call you that we can call you we call you whatever you want icarus is fine um okay. <laughs> i've reached the point where i'm just like as long as somebody can make me realize it's me <laughs> yeah Hallie's double life where she's actually Oh my god, I, I put my uh, husband's name on our Christmas card, and my family all know him as Alf, and they got so confused, <laughs> because it was his birthday, and they're like, did he change his name? I'm like, no, we're sending it to his family too, it's a Christmas card. <laughs> How different is his real name? <laughs> it's like Ron, like it's, <laughs> it's not it's like, like it's a drastic, like, gendering different name, it's just <laughs> different, and they couldn't handle it amazing uh, i know that pain that's <laughs> <You're> just like <laughs> welcome back to the human exception and today we have a very special guest all the way from the internet icarus <laughs> i am on the internet it's true we're all on the internet right now <laughs> and we never sure. ever will log out don't say that. That's that's, that's depressing. We know that it's true. It's true. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it though. <laughs> I want a Bluetooth headstone. <laughs> a Bluetooth headstone. You get within proximity and it starts playing music, or just starts playing like a voice loop of you. Like I'm sure oh, that oh. exists already. I'm sure <laughs> stuff like Google Home picked up and recorded over the last like 30 years of your life. Oh my god, that's going to be so creepy. I'm sure that's what's coming. <laughs> it's going to be like okay. Elon Musk's tomb. 
Okay, but now I want this. Okay, but you can kind of get that. <laughs> Nathan. So what? Google Home has this thing that whenever you say something that it thinks you're talking to it, it records a bit of a clip so it can deal with it. So if you no. go on to like your Google profile, Don't you can like find it. these little clips. Stop it. It's usually something stupid, like super it. stupid. Like one was me. I, I found one of me like yelling at the cats. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, no. I think Google's like, what, me? No. <laughs> no, not me. I think the perfect thing would be if someone was walking by my tombstone, just having me blurt out, okay, it's time to roll your first death saving throw. (laughs) (laughs) And then I remember that Nathan has a very deep, dark well of black humor that he crawls out of every now and then. Well, he's a DM, he kind of has to. Yeah, well, yeah, this is true. (laughs) It's it's the fuel that drives us, man. (laughs) <laughs> Helps you write good villains. <laughs> Do you play tabletop at all? Do I? Um, I mean, kind of. I used to have a group that like met in person, and now it's just online. Not even just because of the pandemic, but just because it's easier for me to, to like type <laughs> a, yeah. a stance, like a prose, than it is for me to like verbalize what a character is doing. Sure, yeah, it's great. Yeah, the text RPGs are coming back a lot right now. I'm seeing a lot of people get into that. I mean, when we're all locked inside. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, we're used to dealing with playing with people online anyways. Like, all our podcast yeah, yeah. folks, that's a whole thing we started with was doing tabletop. But then our, our like, IRL group was kind of like, well, how do we play? It's <laughs> <laughs> this thing you can do. <laughs> Let me show you these things called chat rooms. They just came out. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. But, uh, yeah, then, like, Roll20 and, like, Discord all, like, suffered madly under the sudden use of it when the pandemic went went hard and that was fun. oh no really they, like, oh all, yeah discord and just, like server crunched oh totally mm-hmm. they just couldn't deal with it because suddenly everybody was online yeah it was it was we um, i stream on twitch with my group and just all of a sudden twitch would be gone i was like well okay oh, no. <laughs> yeah. this is where we're at right now that's fine and that's what originally killed craig as well and nobody wants to go back to skype we're all just like uh <laughs> all right so um i guess in case you guys don't remember <laughs> after this monologue of tabletop talk um icarus is the webmaster from demon sushi and the writer of the original final fantasy 7 story um and yeah we i reached out to him a little while ago just to kind of get some answers and clarify some things and he offered to come on the show and we happily accepted <laughs> Here I am. Possibly regretting it three years from now. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) It'll be fine. We'll put it on your Bluetooth tombstone. What what do I want to place that on my tombstone? Possibly regretting it in three years. Amazing. Uh, So I don't know if you guys had any like questions that you wanted me to like answer for listeners, or if we were just going to continue to shoot the shit. (laughs) <laughs> or if I can just talk about how uh, Final Fantasy VII re- is a lot of fun for like an hour. <laughs> well, we'll just we'll do we'll go casual. We'll throw something in every once in a while. <laughs> pandemic. How are you? How is your pandemic life right now? Uh, it is. I mean, I, I've I think of it as like I have a good six seven months on everyone in terms of coping with it because right before the pandemic was my cancer treatment. So I was already in lockdown, immunocompromised, can't be anywhere near people because anything could kill me. 
And then it was just like, all right, you're done. And I'm like, yes. And then the, the pandemic happened. No, I went to one furry convention and then the pandemic happened. Oh, cool. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, you had you had some training, then you were ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, oh, God, more of this. And yet even more, more of this. <laughs> and it keeps going. Yeah. Please wear your masks and wash your hands, people. Please. You, you would think it wouldn't be that hard, but here we are. <laughs> you would and yet, yeah, and yet here we are. Um, are you are you working right now? Like you work from home or... Um, yeah, I mean, I work from home the last few years. I've been doing, uh, like, in addition to running a Patreon for my comic, which helps, I just do, like, freelance commissions, usually for furries, because they pay very nicely, and they're very polite, and they know what they want. <laughs> that is one thing I've repeatedly heard, is that if you, like, want to get consistent commissions and always get paid on time and no, like, trouble, furries are the best place to go. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, like, it's also like they can kind of sense if somebody's coming in being like, yeah, I just want to make money off you guys. And they're like, get out of here. But if you, like, actually <laughs> are a nice human being, they're like, why, hello there. So what was your first influence in drawing ass? <laughs> oh, awesome. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's, it's amazing what, like, a little politeness can do. <laughs> yeah. And then you also get like really niche things where like if you ever think of like a TV show that you cannot remember from your childhood uh, because you're like me and you're like 39 years old and you're like, oh, uh, that was so long ago. <laughs> but you like come up with a vague description and you're like, okay, so it's like a rat, but it lives in the White House. And like, I don't know, there was like a, the vice president cat wore a tie. And that sounds very <laughs> vague, but there'll be a free out there. We'll be like, oh. Capital Critters, that's what you're looking for. Oh and you'll be like, gosh. oh, okay. <laughs> the uh, Animaniacs reboot was throwing me hard because I was just like, oh, whoa, hold on a second. I think I still know this theme song and then they changed all the words and all right. Ooh, I gotcha. I really like the DuckTales reboot. <laughs> yeah. I haven't watched that one yet, but I heard it's like super good. Oh my God. Flintheart Glomgold, he has my heart. <laughs> he is amazing in it. Let's uh let's go way back then. <laughs> what was life like prior to Jen? You were going to school at the time, I think? Um, let's see. I had just got into college. Um before that I'd been in a boarding school. And it was kind of like a messed up situation in the boarding school where I had been being bullied by like other students and the staff took their side with it which resulted in like all kinds of really messed up things. So I was like already. That's awesome. Like I was getting, yeah, I know. Right. I was getting my room tossed. Um, sometimes it was my fault. Sometimes it wasn't because you know, you have a roommate um, and sometimes the roommate gets the room tossed <laughs> and there, there was just like a lot of untreated teenage mental illness going on in the dorms in general. And was this like one of those like reform boarding schools? No, it, all the rage? It's, no, it's um, no, it was a, Quaker liberal boarding school, which like, if you're going there as a day student, it was great. And if you were going there like to get um, uh, like an international experience because you were from overseas, it was great. And if you were staying in dorms because you like lived really far away, again, really fine. But like, if you were just shoved there because your parents didn't want to deal with you, which was a lot of the students, <laughs> <laughs> then it could get very bad very quickly. How long were you there for? Um, just a year. 
And then you were able to, and then you just finished high school. Yeah, and, and then, then I just finished carry school. On. And I was, yeah. And, um, Must have been a relief to get out of there. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was just like a weird thing. Cause it's like, you know, you, I've gotten my acceptance letter. I know where I'm going at this point. Uh, I set out for that and I did my, you know, first year college there, which I really, I do not remember a lot of the first year because like, <laughs> as it said on the site, like I had a major drinking problem at the time. And so it's just like, kind of like bits and pieces. For Snips. sure. What were you going to school for? Uh, what did I, I think I started out as an English major, but I wasn't like totally married to it because I knew it's like your first year of college. You spend a lot of time deciding on what you're doing and just kind of trying things out. And I'll, I just wanted to try out alcohol, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Was college when you first started yeah. drinking? Is that when that became a thing? No, that became a, that was a thing in high school, which oh, okay. is, is for many. But you know, it gets a little worse when it's like completely unsupervised by adults and very easy to <laughs> obtain. Yep, I think that's a tip. Well, semi-typical college experiences: drink yeah, too much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just drinking in general. Just not everybody makes the really bad choices I make, which is like I'll go move it with this person from the internet. They seem nice. <laughs> How? So I think we talked about. On the on the other episode about how you you originally met um, Jen and Hojo was through your website online, your fan site. <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah, so you went and visited them, and then eventually they asked you to live there. I think they might have even asked like the first time I visited too. I don't oh my god, <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> it's a long time ago. <laughs> Now, do you mind talking about um, your experience as a trans person, or? Uh, yeah, I can. Okay. Were um, were you at that point identifying as male, or? Um, I was like just kind of getting the uh, getting into the idea that I could. Uh, I'd only learned about it that the year prior in high school, because like it it wasn't something that was ever discussed that there could be trans men. And oh like, yeah, this is like time. 1999. Yeah. yeah, like even you know, like it's it's terrible the representation that trans women got and still get. It's bad. They make like stupid, terrible jokes. But there was no representation for men, so I didn't even think it was a thing. And then I found like some dude's site, and I was like, oh my god, this is this is something that could happen. This is like who I could be. Wow. And then I was like, oh well, my family is never going to be on board. So then I just kind of kept it locked deep inside <laughs> and went to college. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to open it up a little bit, just unlock it a tiny bit. And, uh, and then Jen happened and I went back in the closet after, cause I was like, that was a terrible experience. <laughs> yeah, that would, that would do it. So do you think that you questioning that at that time was a part, like partly influenced what happened and how you wound up there? I think it did because I think I, I could already tell that like, they were more perceptive or, or not perceptive, but permissive of, you know, any kind of more queer expression because they were queer. Even though Jen's not a lesbian, right? Yeah. Even though Jen says she's not a lesbian, <laughs> which like, okay, Jen, that's all right. Whatever you want to do. You need. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like, it was a choice between that and living in the basement in Brooklyn while my mom yelled at me all summer. So wasn't really much of a choice. Yeah. It's like one of these, I can actually maybe, I don't know try out a new name and i did 
yeah, like like uh, to me, the choice would be obvious, especially you know at that age and everything you're going through and your relationship with your parents. Like, <laughs> it's like I can go hang out with some friends for the summer. This sounds fine. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, it's like a college town. They're my age, you know. Like, even if I saw them fighting while I was there, it's probably just a one-off. It's not going to be a big deal. <laughs> blah, blah. Yeah, obviously it was, and I was wrong on like every single count. It's, well, it's like you couldn't have anticipated that it was gonna be that bad. Like, <laughs> I'm no, sure right? plenty of people I move mean, into like houses that internet people. It's a little sketch, but it all works out. Like, I don't think your experience is common at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm I pretty much. I was like when when I was like preteen, teen, and the internet was around. It was like, don't meet anybody from the internet. They're going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, and so that was like my benchmark. If I met somebody for the first time and they weren't like, oh, here's a knife, and I'm bringing it to you, I was like, all right, they're safe. <laughs> <laughs> That's all people on the internet want to do. Right. They're bad. <laughs> oh, the, naive, yes. the naivety of the 1990s internet. Yes. Uh, things were so simple uh, back then. Yeah, it's like, there can't possibly be any other ways that you could torture. So, oh, never mind. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> and then the exciting world of true crime opened up. Oh, oh. <laughs> yep. oh, Jesus. And now everyone talks about murder and everything yeah. else. Yeah. But at least we're honest about it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're we're all just freaks up front now. <laughs> and all have anxiety disorders now. <laughs> also true. <laughs> remember the remember the days was it when it wasn't okay? to talk about murder like outright like it was fascinating <laughs> oh, i feel like that's a uh, every time i have to go to a family function i'm not laughing <laughs> for some reason just brings the room down <laughs> what do you mean i don't feel that could be the case at all like, so mom tell me the story about that guy who works at the hospital for a while poisoned everybody <laughs> oh we don't yeah. want to tell the story again okay Fine. we don't want to talk about this right now i don't understand okay. you you want to have faith in uh in like your health providers yeah okay i get it <laughs> oh that was actually um God, what was his name but he was actually like a new jersey murder nurse like he shows yeah. up on, on his documentary oh what yeah, oh yeah, no, she, yeah, she like for a short time, uh, he was at one of the hospitals where she worked because he went to like all these hospitals in northern New Jersey because like every single one of them was like, well, your problem, but we don't want to call the cops and we're not going to write you a bad reference. So he just kept bouncing to like all the other hospitals. <laughs> we're oh going to pull God. like a Catholic church thing where we'll just meet yeah, 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 in the exactly, area. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. OK. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. So your mom actually worked with him? Um, not like closely, but like they okay. were in the same medical group. So it was like she heard from the EMTs that a bunch of them had gotten sick. But like she Shit. worked in, in um, OBGYN. So it wasn't like they were like right <laughs> next to each other. But like they shared a cafeteria and shit, you know. Oh, that's fucking oh. wild. Oh my gosh. So before you ended up moving on to Jen, you went down to with Czar to go to concert for Jimmy Eat World. Which I love Jimmy Bro. Yeah. What was the concert? It was a lot of fun. Like I think it, it says in the thing, it, the most memorable part about it was it was super muddy. Um, it was outdoors on like this common that I mean, if you know 
uh, Penn State, like, you know, the common that's like right off the main street. But it had just like poured, I guess, like a day before or something. And they were still going to go on and people were still outside because like, it was warm, I guess it must have been. And so, uh, you know, they played their hit at the time <laughs> and it was fun. And everybody got really muddy and Chan got really <laughs> mad and didn't go. <laughs> That was the weird thing. Like, it's a free concert, and like, she didn't want to even go. That like, would involve leaving the to... house. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, at one point in your th- story, you mentioned Gast, um, that he was living there at some point. And this is a name I've seen randomly everywhere, but no one really talks about that. Are, are you able to talk about who he is? Um, I can, but I can't. I can't remember what his name was it might have it was i believe it was chris okay i was gonna say it might have been chris but i'm not sure so Um, was he living there when you moved in yeah he was it was a two-bedroom apartment so they have one room he had another room and i slept in the living room um and he had i think it would have been the master and he just kind of kept to himself most of the time like he had a bunch of uh miniatures he had a bunch of like model kits like he would be building like star trek models and stuff he seemed like a very you know generic nerd probably these days you'd call him an incel but like not as angry as we associate (laughs) that to be um but he wasn't nice and he was kind of a dick like if he was riding in a car he was bitching about the people walking on the sidewalk doing it wrong and if he's walking on the sidewalk he's bitching that the drivers are doing it wrong (laughs) so there's just never any pleasing this guy (laughs) so i was how involved was he with the whole like final fantasy like role play and stuff like that he pretty much was just like noped out. Um, <laughs> I think he had a crush on Hojo. I think there was like a thing there, and I don't know what it was, but like he was just kind of like, I'm not involved. I'm not being involved. I pay my rent on time. I go to my job. I stay in my room, and I'm not part of this. Like, you do whatever the fuck you want. I'm out. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Like, in retrospect, he had the right idea. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so was he there until you moved to the other apartment or? I think so. I don't. And you no, just took the opportunity I, to go I, and get the fuck out. Yeah, of he might have left at some point. I really don't remember. <laughs> it might have even been like between the time where like the school year ended and I came down and like when I'd first met with them. Mm-hmm, okay. Because like he might have just moved to a different apartment at the end of the school year. I'm not sure. So I guess you probably didn't keep in contact with him or anything like that? No. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't think I talked to the guy more than, like, three <laughs> times when I met him. So, like, obviously not keeping in contact now. <laughs> Great. Uh, okay. Um, was it steak every night? Really? Okay, it wasn't really. But, like, she really liked to put meat and stuff. Like, if she's cooking pasta like she made pasta alfredo she'd put bacon bits in it and it was just like why would you do this to me you can put them in your own why does it have to be the big thing it's so simple (laughs) i know but like she really like jen really liked to eat meat and i know a lot of people do and a lot of people just like really are into red meat but i'm not and never have been yeah you'd think you'd be like a somewhat considered right like Lots of meals yeah. you can make where the meat can be totally separate. <laughs> yeah, or it's like it, it's not like it was like 1983. Like you know what a vegetarian is; it should be okay. 
and I'm not even like a hard vegetarian. Like you can still cook chicken. Chicken's pretty cheap too, but no, no. <laughs> Did Jen talk much about her past, like about her parents or anything or the boarding school? Uh, I mean, it's hard to tell when, like, yes, she would talk about her past, but what of it was truth and what she was making up, it was so hard to tell. And it always was changing and always contradicting that after a while, like, you just started nodding along. And it wasn't until, like, other people who had known her before were like, oh, yeah, that part's true, that I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, she did talk about that, but I didn't know if she was just bullshitting. Um, how much did you end up finding about her past in real life? Um, well, you talked to uh, one of her childhood friends, and that's about the same amount. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, that's about it. Uh, but yeah. I did go, like, because I wanted to verify, like, the whole, this whole, like, Cornet family fortune thing. Oh, and yeah. I did, I did find, like, I did a deep dive into, like, the history of this five and dime store. And it was, like, it was kind of cool. You know, it's not royalty, mm-hmm. but it's, like, you know. Someone deep in her uh, family tree did, in fact, have a Cornell family five and dime, and it did quite well for a while And when five and dimes were a thing. And that was kind of neat. <laughs> yeah, it, it's actually kind of an interesting piece of retail history when you look into it. Because, yeah, <laughs> everything just fell apart afterwards, but those five and dimes just died. Yeah, as we're seeing the malls do now. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. mall culture. Oh, my God. Pandemic must be just making that way worse <laughs> i'm so sad the mall near us like it was already a lousy mall but it finally got a nice like a good sushi place like a cheap and now i'm sure it's gonna be gone <laughs> i'm sure if it isn't already it's probably gone yeah that's yeah restaurants are totally getting kicked in the ass right now <laughs> yeah everything is like i don't know what's gonna be open when we are allowed back out in the world <laughs> probably a lot of museums <laughs> Which is nice, but, you know, that's <laughs> going to be, that's like the one thing that they don't need constant payment for. <laughs> <laughs> Legit. Um, did you ever end up making amends with Eris? No, because she got really mad that I originally, I think, posted a link to the whole Sarah, Sarah saga, saga thing. And I think it was just kind of like, after I found out that that was her, I was like, oh, she hasn't moved on from this behavior she's just emulated this behavior i was also just like i don't want to (laughs) that's totally fair um are you still in contact with sid at all no because okay so like i was saying i was getting bullied in high school this is gonna be like the stupid story okay one the the main thing was that it was a couple they were both previously friends of mine they're all like a big buddy group two of them started dating and i was like cool they're dating guys you're dating and they went no we're not and i was like but you are and they were like no you're not no we're not you're being crazy and it just went downhill from there um to the point where like they were telling teachers like oh we think that there's a suicide risk so you better go and check and strip search and like all kinds of weird shit happened what the fuck Um, yeah so after all the gen stuff and I was like, all right, I've I've developed I've developed a sense of being able to tell who's an I'm very wise now. I am 20 years old. And the girl from that group came back and was like, hey, so it was like all the guys idea. Spoiler alert, no it wasn't. Um and so 
I tried to like rebuild this big friend group out of like other people I'd fallen out of touch with while the gen thing or like people who had reconnected with me when they heard about the gen thing. And Sid joined that group. And then when uh went to Japan to study years later, there was like a weird coup that happened behind my back. Or one day I log into the group chat and everyone's like, we're not talking to you. And I'm like, what? Why? And they're like, you know, suddenly what you flashbacks did. to Jen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, you. you know what you did. And I'm like, I don't know what I did. Would somebody please tell me what I did? And they're like, you're just lying. You're just playing dumb. And I'm like, I don't know what I did. All right, whatever. So I just kind of walked away from that and did like, I'm just not going to rise to the beat because I had a feeling that some bullshit was going on and they just wanted me to like react and beg and like be really dramatic. And I, it wasn't going to happen. Um, and Sid was in that group. And I don't know why he stayed with that group for like a long ass time. But I think it was just like to have a group to be social with. Because um, a bunch of them moved down to State College. And then like Sid bought a house in State College. And then like them bought a house in State College. And they became like in competition with like who has a bigger like flat screen TV and who's got this and blah, blah, blah. and it was just kind of like as that went on he kind of revealed himself to be a bit of a jerk <laughs> just sold out to the whole white picket fence dream thing eh? yes yes um <laughs> although there was an interim period in time there where we were playing Final Fantasy 12 I think no 11 the first online one yeah yeah and that's 11 there, yeah and Sid was being like I was in his uh fc and it he wanted me to play a healer i didn't want to play a healer because it felt very feminizing and i was being like listen i don't like it i'd rather play something that like feel masculine and and that and he was like well whatever it's fine and nobody's gonna know you're using guy avatar i'm like all right fine and like the first time i go out with a group of them into a dungeon he introduces me with female pronouns and i'm like dude really wow yeah, yeah. That's, that's shitty. Rough. Dick, oh, asshole. Jesus. And he was like, "What? I thought you were enjoying being a healer." No, I I made that <laughs> very clear. No. I remember when um I used to play WoW a lot, and I was in a guild, and I I was playing like a priest at the time. I was um I was playing a shadow priest, which is DPS, and then my guild leader's like we really need another healer. Can you do it? I'm like, I really don't want to be a healer. Cause the same thing. Like I, I'm, a, I'm like, I just don't female, but I just don't want to be the girl stereotype. Like, yeah, you're not making yeah, this deal. Exactly. Like, it's like, it's so simple. Just grant yeah. me this one request. Just <laughs> that is. Yeah. We're making a deal. Like, okay, I'll do it for like three months, but you need to find another healer after that, <laughs> which then I just ended up healing for the rest of eternity. So. Oh, RIP. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I ended up enjoying it. So that wasn't terrible, but like, yeah, I like, so didn't want to, like fall into the trope they'll pry my daggers from my cold thiefy hands <laughs> <laughs> or ninja e hands i guess um so you posted the original live journal like in 2005 um it, what triggered you to decide to post the story about everything i really don't remember it must have been some big live journal thing it really must have been as you know, like any social network, occasionally there would be like a big blow up and then like everybody would have to post their take on it or like what it reminded them. Of. And I really, I want to, I, I just want to 
I think just talk about the burned cat live journal thing, even though I don't think that's what did it. I don't know if you guys remember no, that. No, what is it? What is this? Oh, okay. So this was like early era live journal. Um, a girl made a post and it went viral of I found this kitten. It's been a uh, 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 content warning. You know, animal gets hurt, but spoiler alert: there's no actual animal. Okay. Um, so yeah, so this girl says I found this kitten. It's been abused. Somebody tried to light it on fire, and I'm collecting donations to take it to the vet. And she posted her PayPal, and it went viral. And people start like just spamming her with money. And I want to say like, because things moved slower back then than today. Um, like maybe the next day, she comes out and says like, okay, guys, it was all um, a trick. I did it because I was trying to convince my mom that there were nice people on the internet and I'm refunding everyone's money. And she did. I was one of the people who gave money and I got a refund. Um, That's actually really nice of her to actually do that. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like because of PayPal fees, she actually wound up being out of pocket. And so I didn't have a problem (laughs) with with the fact that she was being honest because like I think AOC said in a recent tweet, if you're going to err, err on the side of helping people. But it was very polarizing. A lot of people felt very angry about being made to feel concerned for this cat that did not exist um, for what was essentially a social experiment, quote unquote. And so it must have been some post like that, probably somebody like saying, okay, you know, terrible, crazy things do happen and do exist. Please listen to me. Yeah, no, I guess I can see that something like that could be inspiring to like, okay, let's talk about some crazy shit. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then what inspired you to go from the live journal to the website? Uh, well, A, I wanted to turn off comments, but not turn off comments, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, fair, yeah. Um, and B, I think it was just that I realized, like, with a live journal, things could be edited, they could be locked, they could be taken down by mods. And um, rather than make all of the traffic go to this site that I didn't get to put ads on. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I can put like a five cent ad on this and then at least pay for my hosting, which I did. I never made That's a lot amazing. of money. I did pay for my hosting for like two years. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Perfect. And so you're still running this site now. It's almost been like 20 years since your your event with Jen and 15 years since the site has been up. Why do you keep the website up? I don't know. I just like keeping websites that I've had up. I mean, the first domain I bought, I bought in high school, and it's I still have it. I kind of just like to have it as, a, you know, why not? It's mine. <laughs> um, do people, like, how often do people reach out to you about this stuff still? Uh, a couple times a year. I mean, I ma- recently made a friend through it. Um, he's a kid who lives in Poland and, like, had gone through a really nasty breakup and was like, hey, I read it. It sounds a lot like what I went through. Can we just like talk? And I was like, "Yeah, but we're not going to talk about that." And he was like, "That's fair." And then we became friends. Ah, uh-huh, that's awesome. It must have been cathartic to have that's your story out there finally, and have other people come forward and have experienced similar things. Yeah, I think I really was surprised by like the fact that other people been having similar experiences with her, and like that there were just a lot more than I even knew about. And that they kept going, like, long after I left. Like, you think totally. that, you know, your cover's blown. Like, what are you doing? Get a new grift. 
right? <laughs> well, it's like, in, there's a whole Hannibal thing a couple years ago. We don't know what she's doing now, but it's like, it's she's gonna blow up again. She's gonna show up, because there's no way she's stuck. Yeah, like, unless she's seriously calmed down, and, like, seriously, just, like, not uh, gone into the I need special magical attention all the time mode. You know, <laughs> she's gonna wind up popping up. Which, you know, maybe she has calmed down. She'd be, uh, like, almost 42, so. Yeah, I think she, uh, I think she, yeah, she's 38. So, yeah, yeah, you'd hope that she'd found some sort of peace. I mean, fingers crossed. You can always you know, hope. Yeah. She's not somebody I expect an apology from. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't hold my breath for that one. What was the, like, fallout, like, when you put up the website and stuff? Because obviously she must have found out. Oh, yeah, um her major thing was that she wanted to run this story and there was like a person who was being like the voice on the inside um trish and jen's game plan was um so jen was really married to the idea of making it seem like the whole motivation behind the website was uh that i was on drugs (laughs) that that was the depth of her story by the way she didn't have a specific She didn't have, like, a theory on how this delusion formed. She just was like, nope, it's drugs. But, but guys, so guys, like, okay. it's just drugs. <laughs> drugs. And Trish thought that was hysterical. And was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen his uh, live journal icons. The ones that say drugs, drugs, drugs. <laughs> and it's like, it's, <laughs> it was like a Star Wars character. <laughs> oh, my nice. God. Wow. So it was like, I knew this guy for a couple months. He's a junkie. That's all yes, pretty much. Like that was. <laughs> she basically just wanted to undercut my um, credibility entirely, and thought that that was the best way to do it. And it was like, wow, that, that's incredibly classist of you. <laughs> that probably just drew more attention to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Oh wow! And um, like, did she keep trying to retaliate against you for years, or was it kind of did she just give up eventually? Uh, I think she just gave up eventually. She gave up pretty quickly, actually. And I think she kind of became scared of me because I had made it somehow go viral. And it's not like I had any control over that, but it just did. And I think that really frightened her. It must have been weird when that went viral. I mean, sometimes things did. And I think it was just different because, you know, it was older internet. So it didn't feel as, like, constant as it does now when things go viral. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not yeah. like your phone's blowing up. You know what I mean? Like, you could it's a turn lot quieter. off. It's just like internet legend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you could turn off notifications on the post and then they wouldn't show up in your email and that would be like the end of being bothered by it unless you went to look at it. As opposed to now, like. There's no getting away from anything. <laughs> you can't silence notifications to save your life. Yeah, exactly. She did post a lot on her personal blog about, like, you know, of course, like, it's unfair, it's all lies, it's unfair, it's terrible, and then, like, linking to me the whole time to encourage her other followers to go and attack me, which was how I got the comment of the, like, all, none of this would have happened if you had just taken out the trash. And I was like, oh, really? Because, <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> trash was the only problem. problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, did you get a lot of people that, like, victim blamed you? I mean, there were plenty. But it was also, you know, like there were at least three other people who were backing me up, including uh, Sid, who was physically there at the time. Um, so they tend to be shut down pretty quickly. 
and then they would kind of just like limp off with their tail between their legs i don't think any of them were like oh my gosh really she's actually a terrible person like (laughs) in that moment nobody had a a come to jesus moment in the threads but but i don't think any of them left a compelling argument in in jen's favor (laughs) it's really hard to try and defend her so people started reaching out to you like almost right away like with their own stories right yeah yeah including you know ones who didn't want to associate with her and didn't want their names associated with her and then they kept coming for a long time so like how many stories did you receive that you haven't posted because they asked you not to i i want to say at least two um okay there's always a few that i'm never entirely sure if it was jen or you know um if it was somebody who's just very similar yeah that they're about you know because unfortunately there are people like her in the world more than one and at least one i didn't post because their particular retelling was like really convoluted and hard to follow and so i didn't want to put it up there because it had to do with you know like all their different altars of, of, Mm -hmm. of writing and it was just so much to keep track of like in your head while you're reading it like there were just like oh, yeah. 25 players and there's actually like oh three people God. in the room. Wow. And it, it was just not like not the kind of thing that was going to be for people to read and be like, oh, wow. Yeah. And it also just kind of felt like, you know, what what does this prove other than that Jen also believes she has a lot of alters? Like, <laughs> yeah, I've been reading into like that sort of stuff a lot lately with obviously looking into this stuff again and it's so like if you've had no experience with it, it's really hard to wrap your brain around it. And people start selling, yeah, switching alters who's or whoever's fronting at the time. And like at times, it's just kind of like, oh wait, these are all the same person. <laughs> you forget that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like you know, there are plenty of people who do it and are very, very valid in the way that they do it. And like I've I know a bunch of people, and they'll like sign their posts with whoever's fronting will be like a different letter, and that's fine. But like Jen yeah. absolutely like would go like full cartoon voice. <laughs> <laughs> with the different ones and it was just a bit much um, yeah it's like do whatever you want to do just don't hurt anybody kind of thing right <laughs> yeah yeah and and her methodology of it seemed very influenced by television and movies like in how it was yeah. portrayed in television and movies too so and i feel like she used her um alters to as justifi- justification yes. or excuses for her behavior yes um, it would be like, well, I need to have that lollipop because today I'm a two-year-old elf child and I will cry. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> no, you don't. And that's also not how you would deal with a crying two-year-old child, <laughs> nor is this how a crying two-year-old child would express their feelings. But okay. <laughs> oh my God. Anybody who... It, it, this is going to be a very controversial hot take here, but anybody who kins a villain and like, it's a full on like megalomaniac villain. Like they, it's a bit dubious. Like, yeah. Why would you be giving somebody excuses to be like, Oh, it wasn't me. It was the evil devil inside of me. Like, okay. All right. Have fun with that. Son of Sam. How'd that work out for you? (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't me. It was the dog down the street. Oh. All right, Richard Ramirez, how are you rolling? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm saying Jen's a serial killer. Just so, like, it's very common when somebody's really caught to just be like, oh, it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. And make up. Yeah. Them. Anyway. 
<laughs> Easy to make excuses that way. Yeah. To be like, you can't be mad at me. That's not me. <laughs> um, I understand that some of your friends, yet some of your friends kind of convert to Jen over time. How'd that go? Well, not good. Um, I think they did it just because they wanted to talk to the same people I was talking to. But the the one, and I don't know where she is these days. I haven't kept up. But she was really obsessed with me for a brief period of time. And she was like a teeny. So like, you know, whatever. It's teenies. And that's, that's how teenies are. But uh, when Jen told her, you know, like, Oh, you can just take his soul. Like, I'll give it to you. Like, what the fuck? Like, seriously? <laughs> Jesus. Like, what? in what oh. in what world does that sound like a good deal, even if it works? <laughs> I'm like, what are you even gonna do with the soul, right? Like, well, then she would be me. She would get to become me. Uh, uh, <laughs> and it's like, but, but every single mythology generally. <laughs> You don't take people's souls. It's not a thing you do if you want to come out on top. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. <laughs> um, so there was that, yeah. Um, I think that, I think it really was just, you know, Jen, Jen would pick up anybody who started to fall for her bullshit because she needed a constantly rotating amount of people because the turnover rate was so high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's totally... Um, one thing that you and I were kind of talking about is how she seems to target a lot of like trans masks, like pre-transition men or trans men. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about that and, you know, this is just my personal theory. Could be very wrong. And, you know, Jen was, Jen was a chaser. There's no mistaking that. But I think part of her reasoning behind it was that she liked uh, people who behaved in a, masculine fashion i don't want to say traditionally masculine because you know like the toxic masculinity mm -hmm. i don't think she was really mm -hmm. into it yeah um, no. <laughs> but she liked people who behaved in a masculine manner and would refer to themselves with masculine pronouns but did not look at, uh or have the social mobility of cis mask men so, like, I don't think she would be interested in anybody who had started testosterone. Wow. Interesting. Because she never, as far as I know, never dated a man. Even though she says she's not a lesbian. <laughs> so do you think she specifically seeks these people out or just happen to be areas where there's a high concentration of them and then seeks them out? I think that... Um... It's a little bit of both. I think that she enters into fandoms where there are a lot. And very often people are exploring their gender in a fandom because it's a safe, it's kind of an enclosed ecosystem. Uh, you get to know most of the people and how they react and interact. And you can kind of try out your new identity safely. And so, mm -hmm. you know, people who may just be beginning to transition or are just questioning or have maybe not yet figured out that they're non-binary or fluid they're still getting stuff figured out i think she just kind of latches onto that and obviously latches onto the queer vulnerability like she'll just mm -hmm. you know oh i will support you i will you know that is value you know you are what you say you are and it's you know it's like food if you don't get that anywhere else <laughs> yeah definitely you're just like oh thank god someone in the world and that really enables her to 
leverage her abuse. Yeah, take advantage like, of them. Like I can't them. cut that <laughs> off. I'll die. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I I cosplay, and I know in the cosplay community, there's lots of um, people who, yeah, there was a way that they express themselves, and and ultimately founding out what their true identity was through that. Mm-hmm. And I imagine it's very similar with like the online like role play groups and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it is. And I think also like fanfic writers, you know, like if somebody's really good at writing from a certain point of view. Um, did you feel like Jen was targeting you just to be like, you know, another m- income? Or did you ever feel like there was a romantic interest? Uh, I think there was probably a little bit. Of- but I don't think that I gave off the signal that I was going to comply. And so she just kind of backed off. Were you ace at the time? Yeah. Um, and, and like, I just, I would just kind of laugh nervously if it was ever brought up, but then just like walk away. <laughs> <laughs> like it's yeah. a, like the time when uh, Aries was over and she made the food and she, she quote unquote did put aphrodisiacs in it. I don't know what it was. It was like an herbal <laughs> thing. So obviously it was, it was not probably like, magic. So yeah. Yeah. Obviously it, it was like, it was magic aphrodisiacs. It wasn't like, <laughs> you know, Spanish fly or something. Um, <laughs> but she absolutely wanted to see like that hookup happen. And it was just like, but it's not going to like, there's, there's nothing going on here. Um, So I think that there was an element of her liking the idea of having a bunch of people in a harem kind of. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was like what we see later with her and all her special people that she ends up, she keeps a, she likes to have a corral of people that serve her. So yeah. Yeah, and she likes to rotate them out. And I think that, I mean, it's very cult-like, but she keeps them all guessing and keeps information limited in this person and that person. And only the, every single person who interacts with Jen is the the most special person that Jen is interacting with in that moment and is the only one who knows her in her truest way. And I feel like that is, you know, the fact that everybody thinks that that, that buys her or, or buys that lie from her, you know. It's a lot, yeah. but that's how she But, operates. you know, it, it, yeah, it makes people feel special and like, oh, wow, this person really needs me or whatever. Yeah, yeah and, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, well, I can't really, you know, I can't be that mad at Jen. I'm the only one she's ever confided in. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's confided in everybody and she's taking all of your money and all of your possessions and all of your freedom. Um, how does this affected your um, relationship with Final Fantasy? For a long, long, long time could not like enjoy final fantasy 7 at all like couldn't play the games couldn't even really think about them i just dropped out of the fandom entirely and was just like bye um, and i didn't even i didn't even keep up with it really i tried to like through like la- uh, last order and stuff so that was crisis core era mm-hmm. what would that be 2007 i want to say so, yeah like, there, was a, right. there was a brief period of hanging on but then i just dropped out really hard um and then years and years later, I was like, okay, I have to deal with this because every time I think about it, it makes me anxious. I need to go back and like realize it's not her and the game is different from her. And so I started replaying it. No, I first I started reading a Twitter account called Final Fantasy VII Blazed, where it's just <laughs> a retelling of the entire game, start to finish, except everybody's a real huge stoner and it's really funny. <laughs> and I mean, I I can find you guys the link, but it made me laugh yeah, so, so that hard. Has to go so in many show notes. <laughs> so many times it made me laugh. I wound up making a, a freaking zine of it. Um, 
that I, I was like, okay, I'm going to go back and play the games now. And if I start like freaking out, I can always just think of the blazed version of this scene and it'll make me laugh and it'll be okay. And so that's uh, what I did. And there was only really one part of the game where I was like, oh, I think I'm going to like bad town here. Um, and it was the part in the very beginning when they're storming the Shinra building and Cloud looks in the little like tank after Barrett is like, oh my God, what is that? Genova, it has no head. And he looks in and he like starts freaking out. And like, as Barrett was like, oh my God, Genova, what is that? I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no. Like starting to spiral. <laughs> and then Cloud looks in and he gets down and he starts to spiral. And I was like, oh, same buddy. And then we just kind of, you know, kept going. It was all good from that point. Thankfully, Genova's not like a huge character. I mean, she kind of is. She's, but... she's always in the background, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You barely so see it's like she, she's there, but it also like the entirety of the story it, like became very cathartic to play through from that point on. Because then finally get to the end of the battle of Genova, I was like, oh, this feels so good. <laughs> Just beating you. <laughs> so, have you played the remake at all? I did play the remake. What'd you I think? My friend's PlayStation. <laughs> um, I thought it was fun, but clearly unfinished, which is probably a criticism that can be said of most major games these days. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't like how it railroaded me a lot of the time. Like it wanted me to not explore an area at a certain point in the story. So it would be like, no, you're following Tifa. And if you try and walk away, you're going to walk slower and slower until we turn you around and send you back to Tifa. Yep. And Oof, yeah. I was like, stop it. I just want to walk down this alleyway now. She <laughs> can wait. Down the game's like slowing me down, just like fighting. Uh, it feels like a lot of the Final Fantasy games like recently have been like that. <laughs> Super well. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Um, Final Fantasy 13 was really bad for that. I don't know if you ever played that. Oh, one. that must be where they caught it from. <laughs> <laughs> they did, they were... opened up. The problem was they opened up in Final Fantasy 15 like way too much <laughs> on the way. It's like it was completely open world. Oh, and they're like, no, 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 slow down. <laughs> it's like you can just go do anything. It's like, well, what am I supposed to do? You can do anything as long as you walk very slowly towards <laughs> it. <laughs> Um, but I played a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen when I was in chemo because you know you can't mm. go outside, you can't do anything, you can barely sit up, and that w- I really liked that. I really should start again, but I only really want to play one class, so <laughs> it's maxed out. There's nothing wrong with that. Just roll again. You can start again. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like ninja or nothing. <laughs> well, yeah. So let's uh, move on to the life past gen because there's so much more of that. So you you left Jens, and um, did you end up going back to, um, oh my god, the school you were in? Uh, The school I was in that I don't think I mentioned the name of anywhere because it was not a great school. Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, And I made it all the way up to, no, it was, must have been, must have been junior year. And then I started applying to schools overseas because I really wanted to go to Japan. And um, at the time, the only program that was like really well known was one that was in Osaka, and I cannot remember the name. And I'm sure like your listeners are going to be screaming it if they knew it. Um, but you needed really good grades to go to that one, <laughs> and yeah. you needed your school staff to vouch for you. My grades were okay, uh, and the staff said they would vouch for me, 
And when the letter came back and I like opened up the folder and I looked, found that what they had written was basically, well, we don't think this student is ready to go anywhere. Oh, like, yeah. oh, okay. So obviously not getting in there. Um, and so I talked to my friend who <laughs> ran another relic from the past. Piero is not toast. Uh, a Gundam Wing fan site. Amazing. Oh my god! And yeah. uh, she was going to school in Japan at the time, and she was like, "Why don't you apply to the college I'm at? Like, their program isn't quite as stringent with grades, and just don't go through your school at all." Like, and I was like, "All right, done." And I got in on that, <laughs> and I was like, "So I'm just going to be sending you guys the credits, and I'm not going to be going with your international office at all." <laughs> and they were like, "Fine." But you're gonna get homesick, and I was like, ha, ha, ha. "That's what you think." It's like I so, go weave. I'm not going to be homesick. I'm going to be home. home. <laughs> <laughs> so you went over to Japan. How how did your mom take you leaving the country? Uh, so many times, and this is any time I do something that she doesn't want me to do. The whole way building up to it was, uh, you can stop if you want. You, know, you can back out now if you want. You can back out now. You can back out now if you want. Um, in addition, she's really pretty racist towards Asians. So oh that was fun as well. But <laughs> uh, she couldn't really do anything about it because it was school. <laughs> so I got to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> And what was that like when you arrived in Japan? Uh, the very first impressions that I got, I was really scared. I thought I was like way in over my head, <laughs> um, especially because my host dad came to pick me up and his English was like not super great. And like the first thing I did is go with my host dad and my host brother, who was like a would have been a middle child if I was like a real child, um, <laughs> to see the you know, host littlest brother performing in his taiko class. <laughs> so it was just like. <laughs> immediately and like no converse i think the first sentence that i said to my host dad was like it wasn't even a sentence it was just okitori because there was a big crow in the field and i was like wow <laughs> it's big and i need to express my feelings <laughs> but my host mom was really basically fluent in english um and she was wonderful and i actually really loved it and i thought they were like a really lovely family it was like one of the only times that i got to actually be in a functional nuclear family unit oh, yeah what's that like <laughs> i know uh, it's, it's really nice but it doesn't make the trauma go away for some reason <laughs> yeah. but it is really sweet to occasionally like you wake up and like they're gone but they've like left a note and they've like left a breakfast Aww, or, so or a lunch and it's just like Aww. you care that i'm alive <laughs> oh, sweet. oh my goodness Aww. I had a host grandma too, who was oh, oh she was God. like chain smoker. She was hysterical, <laughs> like no English. And they had a Persian cat with a very smushed-in face. And at one point, my host mom just starts laughing because the a grandma is like cuddling the cat and going, "Oh, er, er," because his name was Elvis. Just, oh, er, er. And my host mom's like, "Her and El have the same face," and I just <laughs> lost my shit completely. <laughs> And then, you know, she's like, why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? My host mom told her, and she just starts laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that so adorable? I know. They they were really wonderful people, and I miss them like, constantly. But I think they've moved away from their house because I don't know what their address is now. Oh. I've, I've sent cards, and I haven't got things back yet. How long were you with them? 
um, for a full year because I did the two halves of the year there. And it was just, I mean, the second half was rough because my friend got deported. Um, Always keep your visa up to date, people. Every single horrible visa law is based on America's, including Japan's. And so when she let her student visa lapse by like less than a month, they were like, you're deported, you're out. And she's like, but I have school. And they were like, don't matter. And then she's like, but I've got a fiance. And they were like, don't matter, out. And she had to fight that for like years, oh. but I got really depressed after that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Japanese law is really rough with like foreigners. <laughs> like you have to have everything in order, or else you're out. Like even yeah. when you get married, it's like a whole disorder. It's a whole thing to get there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's based off of America's immigration laws. So, yeah. <laughs> who do we have to blame for this? <laughs> um. So, when you were going to school, was it um like Japanese speaking, or were they was it English? Oh, um, it was a Japanese college. It's Tokyo Kokusai Daigaku or Tokyo International University. Um, And they had a unit that was like, you know, you could come in from America or any other English speaking country or any country if you spoke enough English and use their program to learn Japanese and live with a Japanese host family. And um, that was what I did. Like there were Japanese students on campus and obviously all the staff were Japanese, but if you were in this program, most of your classes were taught in English. Your Japanese class wasn't, but the rest <laughs> of it was. That's cool. How good did you get a Japanese? Uh, you know, I, mama, I got to like, I want to say third grade level speaking, like a, a third grader, because that was mostly <laughs> who I held conversations with when I worked there, and like that was when the conversations were actually like going at speed. Um, but I could only read at like a first grade level. I can't read kanji like at all. <laughs> Do you remember much of it? Less and less as the years go by and I miss it. But it's immersion is just like, you know, if you're not using it every day, it's like a muscle. It just gets flabby. Definitely. Um, so you, were you only there for the one year or did you end up staying after the school program? I stayed after the school program. Well, I went back to America very briefly, and then I got a job teaching in Japan because I was absolutely devastated to be leaving. I was like, I need to go back right now. Um, And I did. And I first was teaching in a very rural town uh, where, and this is like unbelievable for Japan, it was like an hour walk to the train station um, through rice fields, which was very scenic. But very, very far away from, you know, meeting your friends in Tokyo. Civilization, yeah. Yeah. Um, although I could see the Shinkansen go by, like, in the distance. Like, the track ran through the fields, and so you could just see the bullet train just... And it's like, oh, you don't stop here, but I wish you did. <laughs> um, and then uh, I transferred to a different job in Yokohama, which is much more, much more in like the heart of urban Japan. And so I could actually like visit people and use transportation. Yeah, and that, yeah. You know, that was good. And I want to say that, but it's hard to remember. That was where I got my first cat. What? <laughs> she was just a little kitten with a little red bow in a department store in Japan. 
frantically waving her paws at the air at nothing on oh the top of that tree. And I was like, I love her. What is she looking at? She's like pretending to hallucinate, bring her to me. <laughs> <laughs> and they brought her out and she was like immediately purring. And I was like, I love you. I need Aww. you. <laughs> what did you name her? I named her Ren, Renda. Aww. And then they, they typoed it on her paperwork. They misheard me. So they typed Remba. <laughs> <laughs> so now we tell we when we're mad at her, we're like Renba. Excuse me, Renba cake. So you were able to bring her home? <laughs> yes. Um, wasn't that hard? Because the harder thing is to bring an animal out of America because we have rabies. Mm-hmm. Not like all Americans, but like the country. <laughs> um, so we need to provide like all these extra tests to make sure that we're not bringing rabies out into another country. But bringing an animal into America, while you know pricey is really easy you just bring them in as long as they're a domestic like you can't bring a bird back from japan yeah. but you can bring like a cat or a dog back as long as you pay for their airfare basically oh that's awesome i'm glad you're i was, what, I was like i was just gonna get sad where he's gonna have to leave we just not get sad no <laughs> Ren came back Ren is here to this day oh how old is she now then i want to say she's like 15 she's getting to be an old lady she has old mm-hmm. lady arthritis mm-hmm oh but she's still just as cuddly. Hallie's well, <laughs> got some geriatric cats. I have three geriatric cats. Oh, so yeah, no. it's a, it's a, it's a challenge sometimes, but they're all still very sprightly. So. Yeah. It's like, I keep saying like, I'll worry when she's, you know, starts acting not like Renba. Yes, totally. Yep. What were uh, your favorite things about Japan? Vending machines. Oh, yeah, they're so good. Um, <laughs> trains. Oh, trains. I miss you. It's amazing when you go from like Japan and then you walk through Boston, where not only are all of the train lines not interconnected, but each one runs a different kind of train car mm. that you're like, I, I had it so good. The infrastructure was so good. I appreciated yeah. it not. Um. <laughs> And I, I mean, I hate to say it, but I really do miss like weeb Pokemon culture. I really liked going to Pokemon Center. <laughs> I want to go to Pokemon Center so bad. Oh my god, they were so fun. Oh, it was so amazing. They had so many like events that they would do there. Oh yeah. Like, with your birthday, you'd like walk in, and it would say your name, and there was like a screen. There were balloons. <laughs> what oh the fuck? God. It's so <laughs> amazing. I love it that. Would be so, oh my god, it's so good. And it was always fun to like trade Pokemon with Japanese kids who are all excited to have an English Pokemon. <laughs> That's <laughs> And like they would they would give out like rare Pokemon, like legendaries. If you go to see the movies and stuff, like the movie theater would have it like on its Wi-Fi. It was just fun. <laughs> oh, That's awesome. I feel like their their pop culture is just so much more integrated than ours is. Like yeah, just, like you can't get away from it. Like yeah, it is life. <laughs> uh what ended up causing you to come back um i lost my job because mm-hmm. uh an american who was buddy buddy with the group that was stalking me like from that high school era uh he came over and he kind of uh, assaulted me and i didn't like it which he took great offense to <laughs> and um it was traumatizing enough that I didn't go to work for a couple of days. And they were like, hey, uh, you can't do that. And I was like, sorry. And they were like, we're not renewing your contract, by the way. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess what? I'm going to cry a lot and go home. Jesus. 
Yeah, you um, mentioned to me about the stalker situation. Do you want to give us a quick rundown of what happened with that? Oh my god, okay. So when I went to Japan, I think, I don't fully understand, but I think they all just got really jealous. And without me being there in the group, it just, like, turned into this whole, like, well, the ultimate talk behind your back. You're not even in this country. So we can pin any problem we have on you in the friend group your absence, your being there, anything. And you can't defend yourself, so it's perfect. And um, they just kind of all bought into it as a group. And I think that a lot of them are having, you know, just very angry, very upset, very unfulfilled points in their life that this was going down at. And to have me over there in Japan, quote-unquote, living it up, even though I have depression. So, like, I would still be depressed because you can't control it um they took great offense you're just to depressed that. in japan <laughs> yeah it's like i was just depressed in japan and um so they'd start doing things like they'd blow up my phone with like text messages accusing me of weird stuff and like one of the things they accused me of was killing ren and posing her dead body for pictures and i'm like <laughs> what are you like this what is so fuck? easily disproved why are you spreading this but like weird rumors like that um wild what the hell i don't know the internet makes some people into real monsters um but that went on for like a while i just kind of had to get used to it wow like (laughs) why didn't you just cut them out or were they i tried um i even locked like my journals and everything but they kept like getting spies by playing the whole like we're really worried and you need uh, to tell us what's being said. And, you know, like, the spy would report. And, you know, to this day, I still get shit from them. Like, I got a comment on one of the recent comics from a mysterious anonymous commenter who just happens to have an IP address in the town where I know one of them lives. Who was saying, you know, like, oh, you think you're so anti-cop now. Well, I remember you did a point in a comic that was where a character was very pro-cop. And I was like, yeah, but if you actually look, the cops are negligent and useless after that scene. But, you know, go on, whatever. It's like, guys, don't you have anything better to do? But, yeah, that, they, after the guy, you know, attacked me and uh, I was upset, they invited him to chat rooms and got him to recount the entire ordeal to them. uh, Basically patting him on the shoulder the whole time, being like, oh, you know, that's just so unfair. You were led on. You know, you are. So, the did they who... actually send him to Japan? No, he bought the ticket himself, but he had okay. been like, I told him, like, don't trust these people. And he was like, partying with them, I guess. Like, but what was your guys' relationship prior to that? Uh, he was a user on a MUD that I host, which okay. I, I don't know if you guys remember what those are, but they're basically like chat room RPGs. They run mm-hmm. like an old DD system. Okay. Okay. You guys are just kind of friendly? And yeah, the- basically we were both mods on it. And like he was always saying, like, oh, I'm so lonely, I'm so lonely, I'm so lonely. And I was like, well, you could come like visit me in Japan. Like, that'd be cool. We could go see a bunch of things. And you wouldn't be lonely. And little did I know. It wasn't wow. really his aim. So do you uh, think they, that they put him up to assaulting you? Or was that a um, No, I think that head? was all him. But they, of their own volition took his side of the story and were like ha 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 once we've have these transcripts we're going to share them and that's what they did um they hosted sites and shared the transcripts of my assault and laughed about them and 
What so the fuck? They're all assholes as far as I'm concerned, yeah, and they should apologize. Good wow. God. Yeah. Dump those motherfuckers. Jesus. Well, I'm glad that you got away from that for the most part. Uh, the random commenters. <laughs> yeah, at this point, it's like they don't get anything back, so it's quite okay. rare. So you came back from Japan. I came back from Japan. Yeah, where'd um, you where'd you come home to? Where was home at that time? At that time, uh, I think I came into Newark Airport. I think uh, might have come in through LAX, but either way, I, I went. I stayed uh, with Zar in LA for a while, and I was immediately like, I I want to leave again. I don't want to be in America. Um, I just <laughs> I was over it. <laughs> like I was not ready to be back in America. Um, I was not ready to be in the same continent as my mom, and. Mm. I applied to schools in Australia because I was like, well, I've gone to one continent that I want to go to. How about I try another one? And <laughs> Australia, I did go to the school, but I went to the worst possible choice I could have made, um, which was in a really rural, really conservative area of uh, northeastern Australia. And so while like, the country is beautiful it is a beautiful continent um it has so much cool indigenous history it is gorgeous the flora and the fauna are incredible i have never seen a bird with like a claw on its wing walking around a parking lot like no big deal before (laughs) (laughs) but it's not very queer friendly um so i did a little bit of grad school there but then i dropped out because i was like this is not healthy for me (laughs) Were you publicly um, out as male at that time, or I was trying to be. Um, I was trying. To, yeah, I, I had uh, a counselor at the school that I was talking to about it, but the counselor had no idea where to even begin to look for like hormone replacement therapy. Hmm. And the group, like the LGBT group that she uh, pointed me to, I was the only trans person in, and was about eight people total. Yeah. Uh, three of whom were, were much older than me. So it was just not an environment for it. And it was very depressing to me. Yeah, that doesn't really give you a lot of room to, you know, explore no. and you get kind of isolated, I imagine. Yeah, it was a very isolating thing. It was just like, oh, great. And one of my uh, housemates at the time turned out to be talking out with, a, with the guy who assaulted me, like, buddy, buddy. Oh. And I was like, why are you still talking to him? And he was like, I don't know, we're friends. And I'm like, really? Okay, I'm out. I can't do this. Yeah, like, I've been through this before now. <laughs> I'm done. Just like, mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm not tolerating this again. Um, so did you only stay in that area in Australia or did you end up going somewhere else or then you come home? Um, I mean, I visited other areas of Australia, but I didn't find another school there. And uh, the one friend that I did have was on the entirely opposite coast of Australia. And I didn't really see a way of going over there like he was married and he had a wife already and they had like a tiny apartment and i wasn't gonna like crash in their apartment at that point it seemed kind of yeah. gosh um but australia was also the time that i was like okay i need to stop drinking because <laughs> there is crazy drinking culture in australia yeah and yeah like at this point i'm like mid to late 20s and i'm looking at my housemates who are also my age and like some of my housemates own the house they are all like you know working and they're like still rolling on the floor, like blackout drunk throw up every night. And I was like, this is not a good look. 
Oof. <laughs> just like momentary. Oh, so that's what I look like. <laughs> I need to stop doing this. So. And it did. Shockingly yeah. worked. That, that's that's interesting that we suddenly surrounded by excess that made you. <laughs> yeah, right. Just like, oh, I see. This sucks. So you just quit cold turkey or you started moderation? Oh, I quit cold turkey. I mean, yeah. wow. That's hard to do. I'm impervious to pain. <laughs> the shit that I've been through, man. It doesn't matter. No, I joke, but like I do have stupid high pain tolerance, so I don't know. Maybe that had something to do with it. <laughs> Are you still alcohol free today, or? I am. I mean, for a brief period there, I would occasionally be like, "Yeah, no, I'll have a beer." But um, it came to the point where, like, occasionally, if I would have a beer, I would start to feel panicked, and I was like, "Hmm, just not going to do this anymore." <laughs> yeah, not worth it at that point. Yeah, totally. yeah. yeah. It actually kind of sucked during chemo because you have to drink. So much liquid, like so much water to keep your kidneys flushed. Otherwise, they will just be destroyed. And like while I was chugging all the water, I was like, oh, I'm having flashbacks to when I was drinking. No. So you came back to America. And then what did you do then? Then I came back to Massachusetts. And uh, I started working in public schools in Massachusetts. And... um, couldn't really be out while working in a public school still, even in the state of Massachusetts. It doesn't go over that great still. Um, yeah. Employers are not that you need. To, nobody wants to employ you when you're in that period of actually transitioning where, you know, people look at you and they're like, oh, I can tell you're queer in some way, but I'm not sure what people just don't like it. And they don't, they freak out if it's around kids, which is just really fucked up. So messed um, up. Yeah, so I worked in a school for a while, um, worked with special needs kids, because that was what I was, or the kids I was working with in Australia, and also one of my host brothers in Japan uh, had uh, was on the autism spectrum, and also my stepsister has Down syndrome, so I just had a lot of experience. It's easy for um, me to work with those kids, and also the schools are constantly looking for people to work with special needs kids, because the turnover is so mm-hmm. high. Yeah, it's a lot of demand for that. That's really cool, though, that you got yeah. into um, and that was decent, but the school district kind of sucked. And then uh, I decided I was going to do art for a while, and I quit. And we got a house, and here I am. So when did and you start your comic? The comic was 2003. It definitely existed when Jen was around, and she just wasn't interested in it, and I'm glad. <laughs> You've been running it for a long time, then congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. It's uh, 703 pages. It takes wow. a long time to color every single Whoa. page. That's you why do it's everything by so hand, right? Like traditionally. Yeah. Originally, it was that way because, um, I mean, it's not like tablets we have now where they're nice and they're small and they're mobile and you can carry them everywhere. Before it was like, if you want to draw on your computer, you need to lug the whole computer with you wherever you go. And I was like, I can just lug pens and markers and pencils. It's much easier. Do you, is there a reason you still do traditional art for the comic? Why, or just point is just consistency. And I, I mean, I find it just relaxing too. There are certain aspects of it. Um, The touching paper has always just been like a nice 
neural relaxer to me and just be like, ah, it's so smooth or rough <laughs> or whatever. Uh, I use watercolors, and so watercoloring is just very relaxing. It's... Yeah, the art is really cool. Like, I've never seen a comic drawing that way before. Um, do you want to actually grab an image and put it in the chat? Because Nate and Hallie haven't actually seen it. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I would love to. Let me see. What do I have? What was a good recent page? Oh, you artsy people. My goodness. <laughs> artsy people. Artsy people who are constantly self-critical of ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Anything we do. <laughs> I'm like, is that a good page? No. Let's see. Try. That one's fun. Just don't look at the hands too closely on the guy jumping. <laughs> you'll see me messed up. So this is watercolor or marker? Yeah, the characters are done in, in alcohol-based markers. And there's also some Posca in there to do like the more solid uh, colors for like backgrounds, walls, line art. Awesome. Um, but Pascas are water soluble, so you can also get kind of a watercolor effect going with them, and it helps blend them. Awesome! This is That's amazing. really cool. Yeah. Thanks. How long does it take you to do a page? I'm so curious. Last time I clocked it, it was like 13 hours. I usually break it Ooh. up over two days. Oh, mama! <laughs> oh, wow! Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's like turns out there's a reason why people don't color their own comics all the time. <laughs> it's so time consuming. Uh, yeah, I do something myself, but it's digital, so it's faster. But yeah, coloring takes forever, and doing it in traditional uh, method even takes longer. Yeah, but also you know sometimes in traditional it goes shorter because once you've laid a line down, that's it. It's there. You're done. <laughs> like that's not coming back up. Although sometimes I do have to cut squares out and like glue them over the top of panels and restart over <laughs> on the new panel. Uh, do you, um, so do you draw digitally a lot aside from this now? or uh, I do now that the pandemic started. Uh, I only got a iPad like that I can draw on I want to say right around 2018 or maybe even 2017 and it was a hand-me-down for my friend. <laughs> so like it, the startup cost is still astronomical for doing digital yeah. is annoying, but I really do like the eye pencil. <laughs> I, I'm not a huge fan of Max, and it pains me to oh. say, but I really do. Procreate is a really good program. Oh, Procreate's amazing. Um, I bought a Windows, I bought a Surface, and that's what I've been using to draw on. And I've heard those are good too. Yeah, you can get a Wacom stylus for that as well, and it's been. Yeah, it's great. I, as soon as I got this, I'm like, I draw, draw so much more now because I have it so easy to carry mm -hmm. it around. <laughs> yeah, and I could like carry it with me. Like if I was taking the train in and out of Boston, I would just bring it with, with me and I could draw like on the train yeah. or at my friend's house and I'd have all the colors of the rainbow. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And uh, so you got married in 2011? Yes. Yeah. August 27, I think. Yes. <laughs> Well, good, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> nine years later. I don't know what we're supposed to do on like nine year anniversaries. We never know what we're supposed to do. We just don't. We're millennials. We just don't. <laughs> but it was nice. Um, it was supposed to just be us and the Justice of the Peace. And we had it done on the top of Mount Sugarloaf, which is just like a, a little park. 
on the top of an old with the mountain. best name right it's so cute so cute <laughs> and then like my mom and my uncle kind of crashed it and it was like oh my god fine you're here i guess and then my stepdad inexplicably gave like slyly slipped the justice of the peace a hundred dollar bill and he understand <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah right like what it, i think she was just as confused as we were we were just like what is this that you're doing <laughs> uh, that's amazing what the f- <laughs> there's so much i don't understand about baby boomers <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> just like i don't know what you're doing constantly you guys <laughs> I'm assuming your mama's coming around, come around to the whole queer identity thing now, she's or at least still accepting. Fighting it. She's still fighting it. Uh, <laughs> it's been an ongoing battle. Like the mm. first time I tried to come out to her, I want to say was before I even left for Japan. And I started by trying to tell her about my friends who are also trans. And before I even got to finish the sentence, all I got to was like explaining that one of my friends is a trans man and she yells, Ew. And I was like, oh, great. Oh so this oh, conversation is over God. then. Um, and I tried again uh, later at like a friend's wedding and she was like, no. And I'm like, okay. No. So then I, I was like, all, of course, all broken up. But I went to my little sister about it and I told my little sister and I was like, yeah, mom's not into it, by the way. <laughs> like, she's just not gonna. And Molly was like, my sister's name is Molly. And she's like, well, I'm going to make her. <laughs> And like Aww. props to Molly because like we didn't really we had a rough time growing up because it's very rough to have like an ultra femi teeny buffer little sister when you're the trans brother in the closet. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But like it seemed to click for her like as soon as I said she's just like, oh my god, and it made like perfect sense to her like everything suddenly fell into place and so she went and was like yelling at my mom and she's like, you can't say that that's not the way to come out. That's not what it, that's not your choice. You don't get to decide that. Super supportive. That's awesome. Yeah. My sister is very supportive. Um, my mom then tried to, to make me not come out to my dad by telling me that he was going to disown me because he lives in Alabama, which panicked me. And so in tears, I finally did come out to him and he was like, I would never do that. Why would you believe her? I'm like, no, she put it in my head. Aww. Oh Aww. my gosh. Um, but, you know, my dad, while accepting, still struggles with the pronouns and really doesn't get how dangerous it can be for trans people to travel to areas like mm-hmm. Alabama sometimes. So, like, when I try to explain to him, like, I could be beaten up or arrested for going to the bathroom, he's like, I'll stop them. And I'm like, you're not listening. <laughs> like, I know you want to think that, but no. Good intentions, but yeah. It's, it's like, father, thing. you are old. You are, like, in your 60s, almost 70 and you're fat, and you're in chronic pain, no, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, at least he's accepting, and he's like, no, I'm going to be there for you. Yeah, yeah, which I really (laughs) do appreciate. Um, That's great. But, yeah, Mom still uh, still fights it, and you can tell that she's fighting it, because she does stuff like she'll use the wrong pronouns with the oncologist, and then as the oncologist persistently use the correct ones she eventually switches but then they leave the room and she switches back and it's like well, oh, i see uh, so you want the respect of your colleague but you don't give a shit about me <laughs> brutal gross 
customers. Yeah. Um, where are you living now? You're are you in Boston I, now? No, I, I wish I was in Boston. Well, no, I don't wish I was in Boston. I wish I was in a suburb of Boston. I'm in. If you look at a map of Massachusetts, and you look at the big square part that's not by the water, and you go to like the exact middle and go all the way to the top, that's right about where I am. <laughs> it's so very is it like a small town. It's a small town. Um, it's surrounded by like lakes and fields and forests, which is what I like because I grew up in rural Pennsylvania. I'm like, please give me the woods out back. Uh, but I wish I'd done my homework on it because we recently learned that one of our nearby towns and one that we share our police and fire with uh, was a sundown town as late as the 70s. Oh, oh my gosh. Right? And it's like, oh, now I know why the town pool mysteriously got shut down in the 70s. <gasps> It wasn't quote unquote out of towners. Oh my god! But, you know, like the town, this town fortunately does not seem to be that way anymore. Um, they really, there's still a lot of conservatives around here. Unfortunately, what are you going to do? It's rural America. But do you feel relatively accepted there? Um, by the people who I give a shit about, yes. So like, <laughs> that's, that's all that matters. Um, like yeah. n- nice elderly neighbors. I get along with um, the town council on aging. They helped me get to my radiation appointments because you have to go every day for a radiation. You have cancer. Wow. Um, they're mm-hmm. very cool. You know, like the brother of the little old lady and there are people on like next door who are nice. But then there are also people who had like Hitler quotes for bumper stickers and are like oh. hard Trumper. And it's like, so I don't feel unsafe around those people but I don't feel safe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's especially because I kind of trolled them by like, I oh, keep no. my pride flags like in the front window and I'm like, you're across the street. You're going to look at this every day, every damn day. <laughs> so like when Biden, when Biden got through his confirmation, the guy across the street, like came out in his Jeep and ran, like knocked over our trash can with his Jeep and drove away. And it's like, okay, big man. Yeah, uh, real mature. Yeah. I know. It was like, oh, somebody, somebody really wanted the Q conspiracies to be true. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I'm gonna go get a burger and I'm gonna <laughs> knock over a trash can. America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I feel that hard. We're kind of wedged between uh, suburban and rural Ohio. Oh so my gosh. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know that feeling. It's a, it's a weird spot to be in. So I. And Ohio's got like, it's almost the Midwest coming in too. I just can't even. Yep. <laughs> it's a whole thing. <laughs> I think my dad's family originally moved out of Ohio. It was probably smart. <laughs> that was probably a good move. Like, you know what's better than Ohio? New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, do you want to talk about your cancer? How. How'd that go? How'd that go? <laughs> How'd that go? <laughs> well, it was a great cancer, as they say. No. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, the story of it is, again, ties to transphobia. Because I, it, it was breast cancer, and I had been saying a lot, I think I'm going to get, like, I got to get these things off me. They're going to kill me. And everyone was like, you're being so dramatic. And I was like, I'm not being dramatic. I'm not. And I actually wound up having like a psych episode shortly after Trump entered office. And um, 
it was, I had a really bad EMT who was really mean to me. He dead named me the whole way. And this is after I legally changed my name. So I don't know why or how he had my dead name. He wouldn't let me get my ID anything. He was just a dick. And um, by the time we get to the ER, I'm like, not lucid, but I am crying. <laughs> And they wouldn't let my husband in my room because they wouldn't believe he was my husband. Um, so he just kind of paced in the waiting room for like three hours. And eventually, like, I calmed down. But like, the main thing I was screaming when I called 911 was that I had an ovarian tumor or something. I was like, I have ovarian cancer. You need to get him out now, which, okay, I got the location wrong, but I was actually <laughs> correct. And nobody did any screening in the ER because of the dick EMT being like, oh, it's just some crazy kid. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and that went on for a while. Uh, it wasn't until I saw a top surgeon, like a cosmetic surgeon. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this look normal to you? And he was like, no, you need a diagnostic mammogram right away. <laughs> and wrote the order and sent it to my regular doctor who I had asked for a mammogram from. And she had told me to just wait until my physical. Uh, she saw the order for diagnostic and she put in routine. And the difference is, is a doctor present to read it? Diagnostic, yes, the doctor needs to be there in case something's wrong to look at it right away. Routine, and eh, doctor gets to it next day. So nobody was there to look at it. And I had to wait another week go back again and then they're like oh shit and the doctor they had to do an ultrasound and the nurse comes she stops and i'm like oh i see that that's a big black blob i don't know what that is and she's like okay she went and got the doctor and i was like oh you're getting the doctor yeah now i know of course then they had to do like biopsies and stuff and staging and everything and by the time it was all done i was stage three <laughs> Jesus. Oh, no. So, um, a lot of what people kept saying to me was, well, at least you caught it early. I'm like, not really. <laughs> yeah, no. I was like, nah, nah. The, there was a little bit in, in a one lymph node. We had to go very aggressive with chemo. Um, but I, you know, I had really great care staff. Uh, the hospitals in Boston are extremely good. That's like one thing Boston's very known for. Yeah. Uh, and turns out cancer staff are like the least transphobic staff in any hospital I've ever met. Like they're all just very understanding and very nice. And I wonder if it's because like, um, patients typically experience dysphoria when they're going through chemotherapy, like your hair falls out, you're constantly mm. sick. Your body doesn't feel like your body. It feels like a thing you're fighting against. Right. And yeah, I think they just find We're like, Oh yeah, that makes total sense. I know exactly how you're feeling or close to it, um, yeah. but they were all very lovely. I had to do chemo once every three weeks and then once every other week because it was two different kinds. And then I did radiation for like months. <laughs> but the worst part, hands down, is when your eyelashes start to fall out. Oh, that, that's so, all the that's dust. Weird. All the dust. They're like the I last to go. Oh my god. They're like the last thing to go, but they're the worst. Like you read a book and you're just like, my eyes are watering. Oof. Yeah, no, that that would suck. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. It's a dark topic, but it 
it definitely separates like when you go through it like the people who actually give a shit about you from the people who are just kind of like in it for i don't know like they're hoping they could get free art from you or some shit good lord yeah overall how was your treatment i mean it's done i had my one-year checkup recently and they said no signs of cancer occurring I have to take a daily pill called tamoxifen uh, for the next four years. And other than that, I mean, it took a long time for my hair to grow back. But, you know, it's done. And there's not a whole lot of, like, really terrible physical effects at this stage after, like, Mm -hmm. past the one-year mark. So you feel feel mostly normal now? Yeah, mostly normal. Like biggest thing i notice is from radiation like your muscles where you get irradiated get really damaged so they are really tight and tensed so i have to be very careful to like make sure that i stretch the whole arm that um it is on that side otherwise it'll get really stiff and crampy and just like very painful and bad Mm. is that something that'll eventually go away or you're gonna have a stiff arm forever I, i don't know a lot of the stuff when you go through cancer uh long term they tell you we'll deal with that when we get there because <laughs> it's very much like a this is going to be the worst thing that happens in your life and you're like uh-huh and they're like it's going to be absolutely like just terrible like you're, you're going to be miserable for like the next year and you're like uh-huh and they're like but it beats being dead and you're like yes it does and they're like everything else we'll deal with it when we get there and i'm like okay we have a really good attitude about it um like <laughs> Yeah, um, that's pretty much everyone is. I mean, like, I try to have a good attitude about it because it's like, you know, what can you fucking do, right? Like, especially, and I think this is part of what freaked all the doctors out because, like, when they would tell me, like, when they would come to me and be like, it's cancer in the beginning, they were like expecting me to like break down and cry and like be all (laughs) fucked up over it. And I'm just like, aha, I know. And they're like, no, not what we were expecting in terms of reactions. You're like, let me uh, tell you my life story and you might understand. Yeah, at that point I was sitting there and I was like, you know what? I feel a lot like Apollo's Cassandra right now. Like somebody gifted me with the ability to tell the truth. No one will believe it. <laughs> but yeah, it I mean, I think honestly was probably a lot rougher on my spouse than it was on me because i slept through a lot of the chemo like you do a mm. lot of sleeping because you're just so sick yeah. um but you know he toughed it out and he, he was able to take me to a lot of appointments i think he mm. still worries about me constantly but oh. what can you That's do so <laughs> it's a yeah. thing to worry about yeah yeah it's gonna happen it's gonna happen there's only so much you can right. do right? yeah yeah it's like well yeah. at least now i have to go to the doctor all the time so if something did go wrong they catch it yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's a positive there. What else, is there anything else you want to share, I guess? Because I think we've gone through your life now. Um, oh, I still have a whole bunch of Zack and Cloud doujinshi. Oh my god, really? In case anybody <laughs> wanted to know. They just live on a shelf now, but I have them. <laughs> Occasionally I'll pull them down and I'll be like, ah, the old anime porn. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to oh keep the gosh. ones that were like silly because I really like them. <laughs> 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 we 
where it's like, okay, this is probably this is probably deep cut into Final Fantasy, and I don't remember know if any of you guys have played seven recently enough to remember like the part where Cloud's just catatonic in his wheelchair. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> one of them. The shtick is like he's catatonic in his wheelchair and Tifa's like trying to get through him. She's like, Cloud, Cloud, talk to me. And so she just like grabs her boots and starts like wobbling him in his face and he's just still catatonic like that. <laughs> and, then, and then Sephiroth shows up and shoves her aside and is like, let me and just starts wagging his dick in his face and Cloud's still like, yeah. <laughs> and it's just ridiculous shit like that. <laughs> so good. Oh my god. It's like, ah, oh, it's problematic, but it's so funny. I can't help it. <laughs> I'm immature. It's funny. <laughs> well, um, thank you so much for coming on the show and yeah. sharing your story and everything. Thank you for having me. Um, let me find the link to the Final Fantasy <laughs> place to Twitter. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes. You have to go all the way back to the beginning and read it chronologically because it is the entire game. So Hallie hasn't played it, so this is how I have would read it for this the is how you should experience it. Is. it. Oh god, I'm scared and excited all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I can read it in my egg's voice. Is that what I'm needing to do right now? Oh my god, I can yes. do that. Let's make it. Oh my god, voice. you you have to demonstrate your egg's voice now. Yes, he, may I hear the egg's hold voice? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Especially because I have to do it tomorrow night in Nathan's game. Um, and. <laughs> Kayla plays my girlfriend, so it's like a whole thing. Um, all right, listen, you motherfuckers, I'm gonna fucking kill you, and I'm like two feet tall, and I'm gonna fucking take your fucking kneecaps out, you fucking chatty. Oh <laughs> and then I do that for two hours, and then I go to bed. And then your so. throat is sore. And then I'm I'm rough for about a day, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my god! I'm this terrified to click on this. A treat. It's it's long. I actually I have the first one, but it's not like you can go chronologically in Twitter, unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. That would be even great. even start. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm scared. It's, it, oh, it's okay. so good. You'll enjoy it. I'm going yeah. all the way down. I'm just hitting end. <laughs> you know, it takes forever. <laughs> There's a lot. Go meteor. You mean holy. Meteor's cooler. (laughs) It's Sephiroth. I like your wing. Don't compliment him. Why not? (laughs) Well, I am excited. I know what I will be doing until I fall asleep. So. Oh my god. (laughs) Well, thank you guys for having me. Um, It's been lovely to talk to you. Feel free to like, I don't know, message me anytime you guys want to. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, hopefully this wasn't too traumatizing for you. (laughs) I don't think it was. (laughs) And then I'll wait like three hours and I'll be like, oh my god, I wish I could take back everything I said. (laughs) (laughs) Podcast regret, yeah. Social anxiety. (laughs) Uh, Do you want to plug your websites at all? Oh, um, yeah, you can read my comic. It's at inhuman-comic.com It's a sci-fi story about a uh, GMO with psych problems who hangs out with a bunch of PTSD aliens and they're uh, trying to solve a conspiracy mm-hmm. with knives. With knives. That's how you solve with conspiracies. Knives. Yeah, I agree. Not my favorite way. But... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, should I sign off? 
<laughs> yeah, I guess we'll sign off for now. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll chat soon, probably. Okay, bye. Bye. Hey, not Craig held out. Not yeah, Craig. Craig. Good job, not Craig. Good job. And that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, we were so happy to have Icarus on the show. And we had a complete blast. You can find Icarus, as he said, at his comic online, which is inhuman-comic.com. And uh, yeah, check out his stuff. It's really, really cool. And it's worth checking out. Um, as always, you can find show notes, even a transcription of this entire interview on our website, thehumanexception.com. Um, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook to keep up to date with everything we're doing at The Human Exception. And if you feel like uh, giving us a shout, giving us an idea for a story, correcting anything, leaving feedback, or just saying hi, feel free to hit us up on those social medias or email us thehumanexception at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening and have a great weekend. you craig all right is craig the robot <laughs> craig is the craig robot, is the robot. Yeah. okay so craig is the one that we've been dealing with for a while and he started being like super fucky around like the, the fall or whatever so my brother actually made us one called not craig that we're trying out tonight as well so <laughs> <laughs> craig and his improved clone not craig <laughs> yeah, exactly. do a bit know. of huh hey. oh okay <laughs> um, <Sorry. laughs> no this is great we're all awkward this will be fine um <laughs>